0: Good morning everybody I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala Florida and I am Emily Thompson from
2: Socrates New York and you're listening to a special jumping edition of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for August 5th episode 970 this episode is brought to you by S good morning horse world
3: oh my god it's Tuesday
0: it's top class show jumping uh, at the very best every horse is different and you've got to be able to understand and read each different horse.
2: Remember we're looking for those clears in this round to go forward to the jump off. You can't ask for anything more, it's just pure
0: theatre. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this special jumping edition of Horses in the Morning. We appreciate you being here, and welcome back, Emily.
2: Thank you, Glenn. Happy to be back. Looking forward to it. Well, I think we've got a great show.
0: Yes, you got a lot of guests lined up today. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, how has the weather been? You're up there in, in Tees, New York. Is, yes. And I hear the Northeast has been just beautiful.
2: It, it it really has. It's been really nice. Um, I mean, we've been turning fans off at night. It's been nice and cool and not too hot during the day, not too much rain, kind of just enough. But, yeah, it's been really nice. We just came out of three weeks of showing up here, so uh, we were out in the elements
0: the whole time. We, we noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess you're really appreciative when it's not 100 degrees.
2: Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, it, your whole day, you know, is structured basically around your environment, your weather. So if it's cold, you're cold all day. Hot, you're hot all day. It's, you know, That the hot rainy days are really hard because it's hard to get a raincoat that doesn't make you really, really hot like you're going to pass out. So those right. days are no fun. <laughs> but uh, we've been fortunate. We've had really great weather. So like I said, it's like cool in the evenings. We love it.
0: Now, you guys, uh, for, for, for the people that don't know, uh, you're, you said you came off of three weeks of showing. How, what's the schedule look like uh, during a week of, of showing?
2: Well, um, we start I know out. I you always a, have Mondays off, right? Mondays <laughs> yes, that's like the horseman day holiday, off. except for myself. As you know, we don't experience days off, vacations, things like that. Um, But yes, Monday is, there's no classes, the horses rest, which is important because a lot of them gear up for a very busy weekend. So Monday they rest, Tuesday most of them just come back in flat generally at most horse shows, there are not classes scheduled, however here and Wellington, some other horse shows, there are some equitation classes for the juniors to chase points, there are some younger breed classes, thoroughbred classes, things like that. Uh, so, some of these weeks just get really long for these guys that are showing three weeks Tuesday some till Sunday, and it ramps up your professional show all week. The Wednesday can be the welcome class, so you have some of your bigger classes right out of the box on Wednesday um, all the way through Sunday is the Grand Prix either Saturday or Sunday at most cl- at most shows. So uh, it, it is a packed, packed week, and three weeks in a row is a lot. Generally, a, a lot of people I talk to don't—they say three weeks is a lot. They generally don't like to stay on the road for three weeks. So to come and, and be here for three weeks, it is—it's it's taxing.
0: And they'll, they'll do so. Then they'll go home for a little bit, and then hit the next two to three week uh, stint, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, you're you're lucky professionals that have barns that are like that do, but some of these guys with big barns, they're actually rotating the horses, so they themselves do not really take weeks off.
0: Gotcha. And and now the the professional riders, you know, in a in a three week uh, in three weeks like that, how many different horses will they ride? It really depends. I mean,
2: you can have some that just have a a few. Ho- uh, you know, you Basically, you have two different kinds of horses, maybe three different kinds of horses that are professional rides. They are, e- firstly, riding uh, client horses if they have a client business with juniors and adults, so they're preparing those horses Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for their owners. Then there's sales horses, which maybe don't have a rider s- attached, so it's the professional riding and schooling, same sort of idea, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, But then they have their own horses, hopefully, um, that they're developing for themselves, one, two, maybe more. I mean, one of our riders, Todd Minicus, he's got three and four in each class that he's riding. And uh, they they develop them in the bigger classes, say the Welcome, maybe a 150 class, and then the Grand Prix on the weekend. So it's packed. These guys are just, you know, all day, every day.
0: I want to talk to you a little bit uh, later when we have time. I want to talk to you a little bit about how they keep track of all the horses, where they're at, what they're doing, and, you know, the scheduling and all of that thing. And I'm sure it's different for every professional, and some do it better than others. But it would be interesting. I'd be interested to hear that uh, because I'm always thinking about the organization side of things. But we'll get to that Uh in a little bit because we have have a busy show to get to, so Jennifer's going to tell us about it.
4: On today's S-Equestrian Tuesday edition, we're going to jump right into it with an impressive, impressive lineup of guests. First, to the trot up, Jennifer Blumensall with the Blue Ribbons and Roses Report, otherwise known as the news, and then next up, Amanda Flint, who has got the math right with her formula for developing young talented horses. Moving outside the parentheses, Tara D joins us to talk about the beautiful way she is paying for her horse habit, and Annie DeToli checks our work at the end of the show having worked out a successful formula to develop the work ethic in up-and-coming young writers. So stay tuned
0: for the phrase, folks. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, well, I, before we get underway with uh, the jumping show here and Emily, I thought I would uh, mention something right off the top. If uh, we we had mentioned here with Jamie in the last couple of episodes about uh, the fact that she's going to be away the week of the 18th of August, and that Wednesday and Friday the 20th and 22nd, I am going to need co-hosts, and instead of getting some of our friends in the horse biz to uh, help out like we normally do, or having Wendy fill in, that kind of thing, we thought we would have our listeners do that, and the ones who want to co-host do it. If you would like to be part of that, you need to get an email into jennifer at com. That's jennifer at com, and put in there co-host, and that you would like to be eligible to co-host uh, one of the days that Jamie's gone. As I said, it'll be the 20th or the 22nd. And what we're going to do, we decided what we're going to do is tomorrow morning on the show, you you have, what, six now, I think, six or seven that have emailed? Um yeah. Yeah. It's so what we're going tree, to do is
1: tell
0: you. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> well what we're going to do is tomorrow morning we're going to do a uh we're actually just going to do a random we're going to pick by random tomorrow morning on the show who gets to co-host and then we're also going to pick a couple people to be guests and we'll do listener highlights with them. So we'll have listeners interviewing listeners. So we're going to do that on tomorrow morning show. So get your emails in by tonight to jennifer at horseradionetwork.com if you want to co-host with me one of the Horses in the Morning shows next week. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. So we're uh, looking forward to that. Well, Emily, what have you been up to the last month here? Oh man,
2: well, We've been showing, like I said, and uh, it, it's been fun. So we're up here at Hips, and uh, normally my experience is I'm showing a lot. Uh, I originally, uh, you know, put all of my time into being a show jumping professional, so I had. I think 11 horses showing um, two years ago up here for other people, breeder, uh, breeder, young horses, older horses. So it's slowly we've been dwindling the herd down so I can really focus on as equestrian. Um, and th- this horse show, I actually personally did not have anything to ride. I've been preparing my mother's horse for me, which is an interesting, exciting event that my mom really? is now riding with me. Yes, it is very different training your mom. <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah, so weird. Oh, my
1: God.
2: And she has been riding. She rode when she was younger, and she's been showing for about the same time I have. So when I was younger, she got into showing when I did so we could kind of, you know, do it together. Um, and she just did the lower-level hunters. She had an older horse that she retired in his 20s. I mean, just a cool, easy horse. Um, and she, she decided uh, not too long ago, maybe five years ago now, that she wanted to do the jumpers. So she has been on this jumper quest, which – it's, it's just so scary when it's your mom. I never thought the older adult, adult jumpers were really all that scary. I was like, ah, you know, the jumps are kind of small and it's the olders, you know, whatever. No big deal. But it's scary when it's your mom. <laughs> I'll
4: tell you that. <laughs> you just get nervous. But um, You know, usually, my,
0: yeah. usually when moms get older and they've been riding their whole lives, they tend to go the other direction and want to do dressage because it's safer.
4: Right? What's wrong with my mom? <laughs>
2: She's like, she's pushing, me, she's pushing me to move up, she, because she's been on this like clear round streak. She's been getting ribbons in every class, and she's like, okay, honey, you know, I've got my eyes on that high adult jumper. I'm like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, she really is doing, like I said, a great job. I mean, she's practically, you know, novice at it. She's only been four or five years that she's been really pushing. Uh, with this particular horse, and she's doing it. she got ribbons in every class, so it, it's lots of fun. We may hit a few a few shows this fall and, and kind of see where she's at. Who knows? Maybe she'll actually move up like she wants.
0: That's actually inspiring because, you know, a lot of us uh, – I'm over 50 now – and, you know, the thought of starting something new and completely different, especially in the competition world – Uh, this is one of the very few sports that you can actually do that. I mean, you you couldn't – you know, I can't think of tennis maybe, you know, um, shuffleboard. But I can't think of any other sports that have this level of intensity that you could do that at that age.
2: Yeah, and, you know, that master's class, which – you know, she has got her eye on is I it's like three foot nine. I mean those are those are pretty big jumps and they jump around. That's like a four a foot jump, ring. that's pretty
0: serious. <laughs> yeah.
2: When it's your mom, you know, you're like, gosh, I hope I got this horse ready
0: <laughs> You know, and, and so that's what, also the point where three foot nine starts looking like about six feet. Oh uh, I went
2: it yeah it is it really is because she's doing a great job I don't want to make it sound like she's out there like you know putting crazy angles on jumps and losing her stirrup she's doing a great job but it really those jumps are big it is challenging and uh, and there's just so many variables and then you add an element of the horse and me me being you know in charge of prepping the horse during the week making sure he does the right classes that he's not too fresh Um, and he was a bit fresh last week biting my nails a little bit but uh, then he was good then he was good so it's, it's what, a whole what, other what, animal. It's lots of fun.
0: What is he? What, you, uh, what make he, and model?
2: He's, he's Belgian. Um, he You're going to laugh when you see him. I call him our uh, golden labradoodle. You've seen <laughs> those sort of designer dog crosses. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is his attitude. He's huge. He's absolutely enormous. He's practically Palomino, which I don't know how that happened because he's papered, just normal jumping papers. Um, but he is just a big, sweet golden retriever. He's so, such a good boy.
0: Yeah, uh, And is she, I mean, you're not very tall. Is she, uh, is she taller than you are?
2: Yeah, I don't really know what happened. Um, <laughs> eventually, you'll see everybody in my family. Um, to my knowledge, I was not adopted. Um, everybody is, like, really tall. Like, my little brother is, like, I mean, he is, like, I don't know how tall he is exactly, but he used to be my little brother. Now he's, like, 6'3 or something. He's huge. Everybody's huge.
0: And you, and then there's you.
2: I mean, like a foot and a half difference when we all line up for the family picture. It's like, ah, I'm the only girl, you know, of the kids, so it kind of makes sense that I'm in the middle. So they put me in the middle. and Get the school for
0: Emily. Got to take a family yeah. picture. Seriously.
2: Well, and then now my mom's horse is so big. I mean, I go off literally five holes in the irons.
0: Oh, for, from her to me, like <laughs> oh, that's what's going
2: on. And her horse is so big; he's the biggest horse at the show. Always, you're gonna laugh when you see him. He's like a Budweiser Clydesdale;
0: he's enormous. And he's uh, yellow. He's palomino color. He
2: is yellow. I don't know what happened Yeah, He's like totally yellow. <laughs> wow. He's beautiful. That's
0: you usually jelly- see
2: Yeah, he's like the perfect lady source.
0: <laughs> that's really cool. Well, I'm that's happy cool. for your mom. Good for her for for jumping out that you know and and doing something you know making having some fun. Yeah, yeah it can be. And that. then also getting revenge for all those years you tortured her when you were a teenager. I think it's terrific. I bet.
2: I bet. <laughs> I know. I don't know what's going on. We're only about, this has been going on for about six months, so it's all still a little bit fresh and it's been going well. But yeah, it's so different. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Well, let's meet our first guest because we have a lot of news to talk about in Hunter Jumper World. Things are just happening. Awesome. So we have,
2: is she there? Yes. Yeah. We have Jennifer. Jennifer is coming up with our show news. Are you there, Jennifer? I'm here. Oh, thanks for joining us. I'm so excited you're able to bring us all the, the hot topics.
3: Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be, uh, it's been crazy this summer, and it's going to be a really exciting
4: fall.
2: Yeah, it really is. Um, Really, it's just, uh, well, it's the World Equestrian Games. We've got quite a few big classes. Uh, Well, I'll let you run through it, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's sort of a a big, big, big season. So what, what do you have for us?
3: So I think the highlight coming off the past weekend is BZ Madden winning the King George Cup in Hickstead, and she's the first woman in the... 108 years that this cup has been going on to win it ever. They only opened this cup up in uh, 2008 for women to enter into it before it was just men, which I think is really interesting. And on top, I know, isn't that interesting? Because we play, yeah. like, we compete equally with men, but I never knew that. When I put in a little research, I found that. And I think that this is a great. It's like the cherry on top for the uh, U.S. show jumping team because not only did the U.S. show jumping team in Hickstead at that same horse show win the Nations Cup, but also um, the U.S. team in Spain won the Nations Cup. Um, it was a CSO, CSI uh, five star, so that was great. We have two Nations Cup wins, and everyone's gearing up for Weg, and it's super exciting because I think it's just like the perfect momentum going into the games. Um, and yeah, that us well, go
0: went ahead. down to the wire too, didn't it, uh, in the jump-off?
2: Yeah. At Hickstead, for sure.
0: Yeah.
2: Huh. Wow, that's this is very exciting to have this kind of success, gearing up for the World Equestrian Games, and then those Nations Cups. Of course, I mean, we there's been a lot of talk about us not, you know, kind of fielding like a broad team that's that's consistent and successful. We have quite a few top riders, but assembling the team um, and it looks, geez, like we're doing it, right?
3: Yeah, we have some veterans for sure and then some younger people. Like, I think they just announced the list. The long list has McLean on it, Beasy Madden, Margie, Kent Barrington, Lauren Huff, Jessica Springsteen, Reed Kessler, Charlie Jane, Katie Dydon, and Lucy Davis. All of them have international experience under their belts, But, Definitely you have the veterans who have already been to the Olympic Games, uh, the World Equestrian Games, and then some of the younger riders, including like Lucy Davis and Katie Dunham, but they have been competing on an international level so far. It's really interesting because the World Equestrian Games are pretty young. I mean, it's only since 1990, and it's every four years between the uh, Olympic Games, so that's great.
2: Yeah, it really is, Um, and you're right, I didn't realize that until you pointed it out, that although we do have quite a few younger riders on that list, they all, every single one of them, has, uh, I mean, top international wins.
3: Right, exactly. Um, I'm really excited for the World Equestrian Games because in 2010, I mean, when it was in Kentucky, there was over five hundred thousand attendees and then four hundred million T V views. So it just shows you the rise in popularity and I think it's a really good um, it's a really good benchmark between the Olympic Games to keep momentum up so people stay interested in the sport and stay interested in the show jumping and start following their favorite horses and start following their favorite riders so that they're really rooting for them along the, you know, along the way to the Olympic Games.
0: Can I put in a plug here for the French? I think they have done a terrific job with the videos they're putting out and the promotion they're putting out. It just, it, it one, it's all very positive. It's all very professionally and well done. So if that's any indication of how they're going to run the games, I think it should be, it should be a smooth sail through the, through the World of Question Games this year. And it starts in like uh, 13, 14 days. So uh, yeah. it's coming up.
3: They did um, one for the – so there's eight disciplines that compete, and the endurance discipline, um, they get to – their site for competition is at a UNESCO site, so I think that's really awesome that that's going to be the backdrop for the the competition. Then the facilities look amazing from what I can find on the web. It's really an exciting thing. I think a lot of people are going to be watching and tuning into this event.
0: Yeah, you, uh, you got, the U.S. did pretty well at Nations Cups the past weekend, too, didn't they?
3: Yep, in Spain and in Hickston.
0: Yeah, so that's what I thought. I thought I saw that they were they were doing really well. Well, that's good. I mean, we need to come in with a win. We, you know, we, we haven't always done so well in all the different disciplines at the WEG, so we, we tend to dominate some and then not do so well at others. So let's hope that uh, we can change that a little bit. Yes,
3: exactly. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's going to be fun because we have we have way people are going to be tuning in and watching that. And then with the end of the summer, we have the Hanson Classic as well with the here in the states, which has the East Coast Young Jumper Championships. And we have a couple of FEI World Cup qualifying classes here stateside. One is at the Hanson Classic, and then we have uh, one at the American Gold Cup in September. And we can't forget about the Hits Million, which is the biggest purse in show jumping, which is amazing. Um, So it's going to be, I think we're going to see a lot of people tuning in and interested in what's happening in our sport. Um, it's, It's really exciting for me, at least. Emily, what do you think?
2: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. It's so exciting and to have all these events. I mean, even backing it up in the summer because we end the summer with our Socrates million, but we kind of start out the year, or the circuit rather, um, with the Ocala and the Thermal million. So we have all of these top classes. And I guess it is so exciting as a fan of show jumping to watch and track. And at the same time, I'm in the back of my mind, I think, gosh, this is a lot of traveling for these horses to go. I mean, just all over. They're just—they—they seem to fly uh, cross-country, global, and then you see them back here competing. So it's—it's it's a lot of traveling because uh, World Equestrian Games is uh, in Normandy, correct? Right. Yep, yep. Yeah. So
0: now, yeah, that's now Emily. I have to ask you, Emily. You—you're from New York. Are you going to be going to the the? Donald Trump Central Park show? Oh, my gosh.
2: I know. It's like, wow, It's they're sending out the press releases. I'm like, really, this is happening. It's in Central Park. I, I think I'm going to try to. Uh, I would not want to miss it. I, I've just got to double-check the dates. But, uh, it, I mean, how could you miss that if you're here? It's going to be really cool to watch. But you can I mean, also gonna tune
3: in. Uh, it's going to be televised. It's going to be live televised on NBC Sports, which is a really big deal for our sport that it's going to be. Oh, I didn't live. know that. Yes, it's going to be live at seven for the Grand Prix, which I think is amazing. The fact that it's going to be that there's mainstream media is going to pick it up is really, really great for exposure.
5: Oh
0: yeah, that's so you, so good. Oh yeah, and then you have the LA show. You got a big Los Angeles show yeah, coming the LA up in this fall too. Yeah.
3: Yes, that's going to be really. That's exciting. a million On the West show. Coast. On the West Coast, they're really excited about that. That's going to be special. It's nice to see show jumping coming back to really two major cities. Like, New York City, there hasn't been 13 years since I think the show was, since they left the garden. Or, and then yeah. the L.A. Masters, I mean, that's just going to be amazing. Like, I can't even imagine. I would love
0: to go see that. Ed, can, uh, can I throw in there that uh, my girlfriend, Kaylee Kuko, is going to be riding uh, in that one? So just, you know, Big Bang Theory. Just thought I'd throw that in. She's oh, that's
4: amazing. Her. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah.
0: So, I, you know, you we, go. we we call her my girlfriend, but I've never met her. And, uh, so. Uh-oh. It's one of those situations. <laughs> yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> but she has a jumper, and she's going to be riding there, and they have a couple other celebrities that are going to be riding too, so they're kind of having a celebrity oh, class uh, during that show. And you know that that's going to bring out, that is truly going to bring out the celebrities and the a list people are going to come out to watch that. Um, so oh yeah, be good exposure. that's so great. Good and that's what we. we the need. I mean,
2: it's it's such a cool sport. I mean, we all we don't need to be convinced. We're all show jumping fans here. But to to be able to make it accessible and offer it to the public like that with the live streams, these are really getting popular. And then with the prize money getting so big, that's intriguing for people. It's it's it just. I don't know. This year just seems really busy and very just productive. The team, the the riders, the horses are going great, and uh, then you've got all of the the spectator interest. It's very very cool.
3: I think the live streams are key to the growth of the industry because and the growth of the sport because yeah. it enables. It's a a great education tool because anyone can tune in and watch the classes. Because before, you could never watch unless you were actually physically there. And you can't travel around as a spectator to watch every Grand Prix. But through your iPad, your computer, you can watch it. And that's amazing. Like That is such a great thing. And I mean, I think even for um, the Central Parkour show, they're going to open up the A classes, which are like the junior amateur. Um, I think there's going to be some polo, a little bit of dressage, all that kind of stuff. Um, And they're going to open that up and have a little bit of general admission. And then a lot of, they're bringing in children's charity groups so they can come in, the kids can see the sport, they can be exposed to it. And um, I think a certain amount of the proceeds go to three different foundations within New York City. So that's that's great. I like to see um, the horse show management giving back
0: to the community yeah for sure terrific and you know I, i just think it's cool that there were anytime we bring horses into the city i know they're trying to get rid of the carriage horses and pretty soon there will be no horse you'll have people that live in new york city that have never seen a real horse in their life um and i think that's sad but uh well i don't want to get into the politics of it all right now but you know i just i think it's terrific when we can bring the horses into a group that may have never seen one before
2: yeah, it's, I know, the carriage horse thing, it is hard because you think, well, the park, I mean, it, it is so beautiful being somebody that grew up here. It's like that is part of the city, and if we could just keep them in the park. But, I mean, the other day I was going down to the, our sewing room. Is uh, It's downtown. It's on 39th Street, and it it is on 9th Ave. And if you know the city, we're right two two blocks from the West Side Highway. And uh, I pulled out of the sewing room the other day to get on the West Side Highway, and I passed a carriage horse that was, that was turning the block and making the blocks flush with 9a like that's that's not good
3: yeah their um, their garage is right around there on 9th and 10th uh, yeah,
2: there. I was like, that's where ah, they okay. park
5: <laughs> <laughs> this
2: is not where it's at for sure but uh but the park is beautiful so i'm i'm excited for this i'm hopeful that this is going to really bring a lot of new spectators new interest in our sport i mean it's a it's an awesome sport so any yeah. any interest and excitement we get it's good they are converting
3: the ice skating rink, which was formerly known as Wallman Rink, now it's uh, Trump Rink, into
5: so cool. the arena.
3: So, I mean, that's I mean, the plazas, the backdrop, you have Fifth Avenue, you have Central Park South, wow. walking distance to so many things. It's like an iconic spot right there in yeah. New York City. It's like a very special yeah, totally. look of Central Park. So I think for New Yorkers and for... Um, for show jumper lovers, this is, like, a great thing. This is a jam-packed fall here in the States. We had the classic. We got the million. It hits. We got the gold cup. And we have the Central Parkour show. Like, I don't think anyone is more excited than me, but
2: um, it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> no, for sure. Me, too. This is awesome. Hey, show jumping, Jennifer, show jumping, and all the best of it.
0: Jennifer, before we let you go, I, you're, you're also the uh, – the, the owner and manager of barnmanager.com, which we've had you on to talk about before, and it's an app that will help you keep track of uh, everything in your barn, the horses and the people and the vet records and all of that. And I was talking to Emily here a little earlier, and I, how do how do the professional riders who ride so many horses in so many different classes, how do they keep track of it all? How do they follow what horses have been in what classes? because you know, I get confused with having one horse. I can't imagine what it, what it would be like having ten.
3: Well, I think that, first it, it comes down to you have to have a team. Like every great rider has a team behind them of individuals who are supporting and helping, and it's it's really a team effort. Like uh, whether it's, you know, it's, um, if a rider has a trainer on the ground or a barn manager or a second rider or anything, I mean, it is 100% a team effort. Um, and then I, you know, some, some riders are lucky enough to have maybe multiple strings of horses so that they kind of coordinate, you know, where the horses compete. So let's say one week I'm in bed and I'm going to show this horse, and, you know, the next week this one will have off and the but the other horse will step up and like different ages. You might have one that's a more seasoned horse and then a younger horse is coming up through the ranks. So I think it's really about management of the animals, um, and really, it's about taking notes of, like, what's happening. You need to, you can't just ride and be done. You have to, you know, kind of reflect on what happened, reassess, pivot, and organize yourself for the next competition. I mean, it doesn't just end when you walk out of the ring. Then there's so much work afterwards, you know, taking care of the horse, gearing up for the next set of uh, shows, whether it's training in between, rest, treatment, all the above. I mean, you have to think of, the long-term goals for that animal and for yourself at the same time. And sometimes they don't always match. Um, So it's really the art of riding, I think, the art of training, and that's a big part of our sport that, you know, the sport
0: is also an art. Who takes care of the nitty-gritty? Is it the barn manager that takes care of the, the schedule and keeping track of everything and making sure it's all recorded?
3: Yeah, I would say usually the barn manager or road manager. What I find in my experience is there's usually a team that travels with the rider or the business, and then there might also be an at-home person who does a lot of the um, at-home care, whether you have horses from breeding programs or you have horses that are resting up or just the business side. Um, I I find that it's very three-dimensional. It's not um, black and white whatsoever. There's a lot of people involved from the you know, the person from your groom who handles the care of the horse. I mean, that is essential for a top-quality horse to have someone that's with that horse all the time, travels with it, takes care of it, loves it. I mean, that's essential. I think that grooms are underappreciated in the United States. They serve a huge role getting a horse to the ring and the health and well being of the animal. And then there's definitely a manager to organize and make sure everything goes according to plan. And then there's the rider who... At the end of the day, needs to be focused and can't think about all those other things. And sometimes they do. Sometimes they, have, they don't have a team like that, and they have to um, really manage everything, and that's difficult, you know, as a top competitor.
0: Well, Amanda Blumenthal, it's great to have you on at barnmanager.com. How is it iOS and Android? How do people find your app? You just go to
3: www.barnmanager.com, and you sign up for a free trial. And that's about it. It's great. It's that easy. You can find us right away.
0: Okay. Very good. Well, thank you, Jennifer. We appreciate the report. Thank you, Jennifer.
2: We'll talk to you soon. Talk soon. Okay. Bye.
0: Well, next up we have somebody who has to do all that stuff. So why don't you introduce me? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> we do.
2: We have a real live professional rider here. This is one of our equestrian riders, a fantastic Grand Prix rider, Amanda Flint. She has been so kind to share a few minutes with us this morning and provide our training tip, our show jumping training tip. Um, Amanda specializes in young horses all the way up through the Grand Prix level, and she herself is showing in the Saugerties Million on a very cool horse uh, named Superbad. Amanda, are you here? Yes. Thank you for joining us. Good to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Uh, am I right? Are you riding super bad? Yeah.
5: Yeah. So okay. Have As I was we saying have it. our
1: little young. <laughs>
2: yeah. Okay. Uh, because, I man, he's in great form. I just saw you, um, was, it in the, the, was it the last Sunday Grand Prix here? You just had one time fault?
5: Yeah, been, we managed to do three in a row with one time fault, which is actually just
2: fine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know you're bummed, but that's still good.
5: Yeah, yeah, no, he's perfectly fine. Out of the last six Grand he won two and then had three time faults in the other, so it's uh, oh, man.
2: more than fine. Yeah, because yeah. you, really, you were cleaning up in uh, Ocala. You won tons in Ocala and then on your route back up here. So, that, yeah, I mean, you're you're definitely still on your clear round streak, time faults or time faults.
5: Yeah, yeah, and sometimes, when, you know,
2: you never know how the jump off goes anyway and you
5: saved your horse. <laughs> so, yeah, right? Yeah, uh,
2: yeah. Totally. I know it's the money, but you know, you're putting in clean rounds, and that is a very cool horse. Now, how old is he?
5: He's 10 this year. Okay. So he's um, finally know, growing
2: is... up a little bit. We've
5: been dealing with him yeah. for quite a while. So You had him as a young horse, right? Uh, yeah, we got him the end of his five-year-old year. Um, basically, he only showed once, and then we started showing him when he was six.
2: Wow. So. Well, he's cool. You guys got to check it out on the live stream. Super bad. Amanda Flint. So, all right, so you got our training tip. What do you have for us?
5: Um, uh, one of my new uh, exercises I kind of came up with and I feel like really helps the canter a lot is I, I do a lot with ground poles, and as you said, I do a lot of young horses. Um, I like to set up five poles in a row. The middle three are canter kind of canter bounces, so nine feet apart. And then between those, three poles uh, to each other pole, there's 45 feet. So if you basically have a short four, bounce, bounce, short four, or it can be three, bounce, bounce, three, or, you know, four, bounce, bounce, three, you know, you can mix it up. Um, I feel like instead of just normally we add, we have two poles up and change the striding, the middle bounces uh, really make sure that you have to have the canter correct instead of just getting there with nothing or the horse behind your leg or, too far forward or anything, I find it really helps with the quality of the canner and the writability.
2: Um, oh, yeah, that's a great, that's really great because um, I, I didn't know what your training tip was going to be, but our, as we had discussed last episode, I think it was, we were, we were talking about polls and how important those are as a step a day or a session in your training um, because it's not all the jumping you can get a lot done wouldn't you say you can really work that rideability and work the position work over poles oh, yeah. with less wear, wear and tear something you can do
5: every day yeah. something you can do every day and I'm, I teach a lot of um, I'm starting to teach a lot more eventers as it's uh, turning out and it's surprising how difficult some of the people find exercise too a lot of the horses are fine but it's just uh, a good check to make sure that you actually have the horse coming through from behind and lighten your hand, because it simply doesn't work um, another way.
2: So. Interesting. Yeah, because do you find, like, your riders, maybe not the horses necessarily, but the riders sort of evaluate the pole and go through the same uh, right. a lot of behaviors?
5: Uh, correct. And a lot of riders just go and they take whatever first distance they see, or this exercise. Right really makes you decide what you want and create what you want before you get there. Um, I I start with just having them go on a little bit of a diagonal just to do the bounce poles and then add, you know, add one of the lines at a time. Um, But it really is something that I figured out that uh, improves everyone and gets the horses actually going straight because you have five in a row, which is not something they normally practice over. Like I said, they normally just practice over two poles. Okay,
2: so you, would, so you would start for if you, you set up that exercise in your arena mm-hmm. and then you've done your flat work. So when you're coming to it the very first time, you would kind of roll back and do the three bounce rails?
5: Yeah, just the three bounce rails, a little angle once off of each lead and then start coming in on the straight line, do the four, do a four to the bounces, and then probably try a four the first time. Most of them do three and a half on the way out to the second line. Um, and do that back and forth until <laughs> so it gets, gets correct, and then add, do four bounces, and then three, turn around and do that back and forth a couple times. And then the most advanced and most difficult, obviously, is the three bounces to a four. Um, I found that the three-bounce three is actually also difficult as well because the stride is so big, and then they have to collect and then make it big again. Um, but for the rider wow. problem, the, the three-bounce four is actually... Uh, seems to be the most uh, productive.
2: Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, that's a great exercise because I, I, I'm imagining riding it myself that coming out of those bounces and trying to get that four, I would probably just pull on the reins without my leg and trot. Right.
5: <laughs> Let me okay, see how I would on it up. A three and a half until they get it right. But um, yeah. the forty-five feet is really uh, the key distance I found for that exercise as well. I'm not just setting it on a direct, um, direct three or a direct four. So like a little bit of a three and a half seems to right. work the best for that for the purpose of the exercise.
2: That's fine. That's a really good one. So now would you, you would classify that, obviously, that's a pole work exercise. It's a flat work exercise. Would you do that beginning of the week, or would you do that even at the horse I show? Had that, uh, yeah, showing? I have it set up all the
5: time, and I find like, okay, for instance, the last week uh, we were at Saugher three weeks. It was a great thing to do on Tuesdays when, you know, you don't really want to jump your horse because you just showed all weekend, but it still gets them uh thinking they're fresh from landing Monday off, it still gets them thinking about the jumping with the flat work in it combined. Nice. When I have people ship in for lessons, we kind of start with that just to see where they're at and how their
2: eye works and their
5: their uh, lesson, their rideability with their horses.
2: Do you find that that's a good exercise even for like a novice rider to come in? Oh, anybody can still handle can do that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. anybody can do it.
5: The <laughs> novice riders, I tend to just ask them to do the four-bounce four. Bounce four. <laughs> it's usually uh, okay. hard yeah, enough yeah. to just steer <laughs> over five poles in a row and keep it together. Yeah, yeah. But, but any horse yeah. can do it, and even they can do it at the trot, too.
2: Okay, yeah, you could get the feel. Now, I love the bounces. I'm so glad that you brought that up. And then with the pole work, it just adds a very accessible way to get started with those because um, for those of you that don't know exactly the footage, the nine-foot qualifies it as a bounce there. You've got three. It's um, People do use them. They use them with poles and up in the jumps. But it, it stimulates that sort of rocking horse motion that moves your angles as the rider, wouldn't you say? Like stimulates like a jumping position, what your Correct. ready position needs to Correct. be. Correct, it, wherever and, uh, you fall astray in those bounces is kind of where you'll go astray on course as well. It exposes your, you know, inklings as a rider.
5: Exactly. If you do not have the horse where it should be, with uh, you know, up in front of your leg and kind of waiting to go forward and waiting to go to slow down, it really doesn't work. Um, they really have to have their hind end underneath them to do it correctly.
2: Yeah, yeah, which then is so nice. I love how you have those poles there, which then determines your rhythm because jumping and all of it, it's all about rhythm and balance. And that exercise, yeah. it forces that. I love it. I've never done that before. Okay. Gary, I'm going to do it, Amanda, which on my mom's horse. Okay. I'm going to pull my mom's horse you over your ball. <laughs> yes, we'll let you know how it goes. Okay. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. You guys check all it out. Amanda Flint, super bad. She's killing it out there. Well, hopefully we'll catch up with you uh, after the million.
5: Okay, sounds good.
2: Okay, talk to you soon, Amanda. Thanks.
0: Well, now, I didn't understand any of that, but in carriage driving, (laughs) we tend to not want to put poles in our way uh, because it's very bumpy. So, uh, yeah, so.
2: It's so funny. Yes, well, you'd have to dodge them. It would be more like a, um, <laughs> yes. you wait, know,
0: like wait a, but, one agility.
2: Wait minute here. Just
4: back up, Glenn. <laughs> I distinctly remember the last time I drove your pony, you had poles all over the freaking arena.
0: Yeah, but we try and drive between them, not, uh, not over them. We
4: don't <laughs> Agility. Emily, really he, yeah.
2: he kept moving them closer together. Oh, they're too far apart. That was too easy. Here,
0: let me roll it this way. That's so funny. That's because Jennifer was so you, driving.
2: So, I, <laughs> so you guys are getting good, huh? You and Scooter, you're doing turns, you're doing a jogging oh,
0: yeah. Scooter. Actually, Scooter's pretty well trained yeah. now, I would say. He, he, we, we're working a lot on his conditioning now. Um, well, so he's, he has to get more in shape now. He's getting kind of fat. He actually needs a muzzle part of the day every day now.
2: Oh. Um,
0: yes, he's, uh, so no more skinny little pony anymore.
2: Uh-oh. Uh Yeah, well, you have to work it as endurance because, um, you know, I told you when we get back down to Florida that we're going to go up to Ocala and we're going to take Scooter, right?
0: That's right. That's we're right. going to do a carriage ride. Show. Yeah. And yeah. actually the other day we, he took uh, Jennifer and I in the cart, two people in the cart for the first time. And let me tell oh. you, he wasn't excited about it. So um, cause he had to work a little <laughs> harder and that, that's never his favorite thing to do. But uh, he did it. He took us around the block and uh, at the end tried to convince us that he was absolutely the most tired pony that ever lived. Um, <laughs>
2: they do you know. that, don't they? They're a little <laughs> yes. too clever. Well, he is so yes. cute. I can't wait to see him. Uh, I see some of your videos and stuff on Facebook. It's so cute. I mean, he really he's really doing it. He, he looks like he is enjoying himself. He we're
4: going to throw, I think he uh, does we're gonna throw Emily yeah. up on his back and see how he is under saddle.
0: Yeah, there we've, we've we never tried that before. So, you could you, well, we'll get bring get your helmet, okay? <laughs> Perfect. We'll, we'll get the video we'll, camera. We'll get you an air stay on
2: for eight <laughs> seconds. Yeah. It'll be
5: awesome.
0: He's I, kind of lazy. Kind he of may in. not do anything. He may just go, oh, I like her. We'll just leave her up there. But I have my yes, doubt. We'll, we'll make sure there's well, not a brick wall close by. There um, you
2: go. I'll make sure the video camera's out because we don't want to miss it in great. case it gets exciting. <laughs> it could go viral. I'm in. It could go viral. Happens, I'm in.
0: And we're going to need some way to pay the medical bills, So, you know, we'll right, hope right. it goes viral. Yeah, yeah.
2: Perfect. Well, you've got that nice big paddock out there. We can't fall too
0: hard. <laughs> we have sand. We have lots of sand. Yeah, sand.
2: That's soft.
0: So, anyway, my point was that I just understood none of that, but I'm glad you guys did.
2: Yeah, I think that's a really good one, that the poll work uh, – You know, people want to get savvy with their jumping and practice, and for sure, I mean, you've got two different kinds of riders. You've got riders that are just starting, they're introducing jumping to themselves and or their horses the first time. Maybe they're even playing by themselves without a trainer at times. And then you've got competitive show riders that are out there trying to school the horses. to to be the best at the show so you you're always walking the line of not trying to just jump these guys so much all oh, the jumping 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 yes they have to jump but they also if you've got to have the cross training so i love the pole work it's great for the competitive rider that just needs to knock a few jump days off the schedule but still needs to get like amanda's saying just that cause and effect you need to have a listening horse they've got to go left when you say left right when you say right straight all of it slow down go it's got to be within you know a a second of when when you're asking that you receive the the behavior so the poles put them sort of in a pressure cooker where you ask for something and you get it inside the time that that next pole comes up or you don't and you hit that pole at a funky rhythm you know like i was saying trotting or the a half stride and splitting the legs over it which kind of pops you out of the saddle so it's, it's just a great way for to knock those jumping days off the schedule, get the same effect. And then for your, your sort of entry-level riders, even if you don't set up the bounces but the poles on the straight line to work a variety of strides, it's about stride management and, and rhythm balance management. So you can set them up and do four strides or five strides, things like that. But uh, it can be modified depending on your, your experience level. But p- pole work, it, it's really it's so good. It's such a good tool. I like that one,
0: and a lot safer for for the beginner riders too to be than to be yeah. constantly try. You, you want to figure out the stride when you're not coming up on the jump. Um, you do,
2: and you know what? Like yeah. you have a partner too with your horse. Like when you're trying to learn, you know, you don't need to go and learn as high as the horse can jump. We most most of the horses can jump quite high. You know, they're af- they're athletic. They're as an animal, they they jump high. Um, but to to just call on that all the time, you don't need to. You've got to work on the basics and the polish and take the wear and tear off your horse, your partner, as you're learning, whatever level you are.
0: Very good. Well, we're going to switch gears here and uh, get off of talking about training and talk about something that we have never talked about here on the show before. And I can't be much help here either, by the way. You're gone, own.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You could get into it. Okay, so this is this guest is very exciting. This is somebody that I ran into at the last hit, hit circuit here, uh, Tara D. She is adorable, 21 years old, bubbly personality. I was like, oh, look, horse show girl, you know, think nothing of it. She actually had a booth set up with some fab skincare products. And I, I kind of just went over to start talking to her and got the whole story and just thought, oh, my gosh, this is the coolest thing ever. Tara, is. she is out here. She is making a business at the horse show for herself. She is selling a wonderful line of cosmetics, um, skin care creams. She'll, she'll elaborate. She has an amazing personal story of herself, and uh, it, just, it just couldn't get any cooler. So uh, let's, let's talk to Tara. Tara, are you here? I am here, and thank
6: you so much, Emily, for introducing me.
2: Oh, thanks for taking the time to talk with us. I'm so glad you could come on. This is just such a, a cool story on a, a couple different levels. So um, I'm, I'm psyched to get you on and talk about it. Well, thank you so much. We have. So, Tara, you, you and I met, uh, gosh, I guess it was last week or the week before. You set up a booth correct, a booth to, to make make this entire line, Arbonne Cosmetics, available to us horse show uh, girls out here, which we need it. We need sunscreen. We need help. So tell us about it. What have you brought right. to us?
6: Well, actually, you know, it's kind of ground floor. Um, Arbonne's been around for 35 years, but there's a 1% brand name in the country. So really, the company still is ground floor. But something's especially exciting because I don't think Arbonne has really ever touched the equine you know, show jumping world because there's not a lot of people in the business who are a part of the world. So we kind of had done something really new this year. And we kind of, like, kind of you know, laid out the groundwork to start something with hits and to get the product into the show jumping world. As you know, I am an equestrian. I travel showing as well. And being an Arbonne consultant, it allows me to pay for my expenses as well as to show this great product to the equine community, which really is a fantastic product. Um, And as saying, we are always out in the sun, so we always do need a really great product that can protect our skin while we're doing the things we love most, which is obviously competing and training and being with the horses all day and every day.
2: Which, you, which is so neat that you are a horse show girl. Tell us just a little bit quick about your experience right. riding, showing. You know, you, you grew up in the Northeast, right?
6: Right. Okay. So I, right now I reside in Bennington, Vermont. I'm 21 years old. Um, my mom and I have, you know, like a 10-horse private farm where we actually do a lot of our own training. We bring our horses up the rings ourselves. Um, you know, I did do the college team, but my heart was still to the horses, so I am currently, you know, not going to school right now. But, you know, I, I mean, the horses are where I'm going to be, and I need to find a way to fund myself independently to be able to support this expensive dream. And, you know, as I'm home riding, I'm doing a lot of research into companies and that sort of thing. I did come across Arbonne, and Arbonne's allowing me to be able to show out all the shows I want to show, and you know, be able to train with the best trainers, but yet still have the time to make an income and support my, my, my dream, really, with the horses. So it's really, it's fantastic. It's the best of both worlds. I really can't ask for more right now.
2: And you're at the Horse Show. I thought that was so cool when I started talking to you and really heard kind of who you are, what your story was, and your age. You're so young, and you're out here. I mean, you've got the booth. You're, like, dressed, I mean, to ride. I saw your Facebook. You're up in Vermont. You're showing. You're in it, and you're, you, have, you have made a business at the Horse Show.
6: It is. You know, it, it's actually, it's fantastic. I mean, I got to say, like, my job really is to be on the horses, which I really can't ask for more. I mean, it's great. I can, I can take a week off from showing. I can, you know, work in Arbonne boots at a, a hit store show, then be able to come home, ride my horses, and next week be off showing for myself. So, really, I am really in the scene with this business, and it's just fantastic.
2: Yeah, it really it really is because you um you know you know the market. You know what it's like to be out there showing the long hours at uh, the sunscreen, such a factor. I mean even just good face washes to get all the sunscreen off at the end of the day is like a tall order. It's definitely <laughs> right. we need it. And so this you you know Yes. Yeah?
0: And I I was gonna say this is something too that a lot of horse girls I know don't spend much time even thinking about and then regret it when they're fifty. Um Right. You know, is it with the younger generation coming up? Is it something that you're thinking more about? Because I, I, I think it's been kind, of, it's probably been kind of neglected in in past generations.
6: Right. Well, you know, that's funny, and I think that's why we really want to hit the horse market because people don't really think about their face. Didn't know when we started because we were out in the elements. But I mean, my job really is to hit the older market that has, you know, that may have the sun damage skin, but also get my generation coming up to be more aware of taking care of ourselves. Not, not just so much, but also the big thing is skin care. We all I mean, I mean um, what's it called? Um, skin cancer, because we are in the sun all the time, and skin cancer for us really can be prominent with the sun damage we get every single day. And I've come across a lot of people who, who have you know, skin cancer on their face, or on their lips, or on their cheeks, and it's really out there. So, it's our job to take care of our skin right now. and even if we do have the sun damaged, the sun damaged skin, we can still take care of it right now as well.
2: Yeah, it, uh, I was really impressed with um, the extensive range, the lines of products. I actually do know a few people just I, over the last few years who have tried products independently. I didn't find out until after you and I spoke, and they had rave reviews. Um, it, the, I guess that's the thing that really strikes me is that they're, they really they are effective, uh, for sure, the sunscreens and the, the age creams, all of that. But tell us about your personal experience with the Acne line.
6: Okay, okay, so I actually I suffered severely from cystic acne, which is a hormonal imbalance. And um, so when I went to my dermatologist, they wanted to put me on all like, the chemicals. And then one chemical they wanted to put me on was retin A. And being a horseback rider, I cannot be on retin A because that causes such severe sun sensitivity issues for your skin. Um, mm. So so when I had told them that, you know, I really can't be on this or that. They basically said, well, you know what, has to on the skin because you really can't fix your face. Now, I had severe acne to the point where my skin was very, very raw, red, and flame. So um, that's when I came across the Arbonne product. Actually, my aunt was using the product for a very long time. You know, she called, you know Tara, these products are great. You know, they're pure, and beneficial. what that means is they're botanically based. They have no chemicals in it. They feed your skin the right nutrients to help, to help your know, damage skin, to help acne-prone skin, all that. So I tried it. Um, a month later, you know, my skin actually had a really good, you know, positive reaction, but I still had the acne. Um, three months later, I saw a huge improvement. Seven months later, my skin 100% healed from my cystic acne. So for me, that was a huge thing, and, you know, coming to the business, because I personally had a change with my skin. And, I mean, I had severe scarring on my skin. That's how bad it was. I had the pigmentation. Um, again, they wanted me to do laser surgery. when well, my dermatologist said, let's do some laser surgery to remove your scarring and your purple pigmentation. I didn't do that. I just stuck with my product. And my skin has healed. I've gotten rid of my scars. I've gotten rid of my pigmentation. So I, you know, personally had a great story with using the Argon product
2: yeah i I was shocked when you pulled out your before pictures because you have beautiful skin and it does not look scarred or, or any of those things. I was shocked, and that just uh that really sold me on wanting to get this out there, make raise awareness. I mean these are good products, they're not tested on animals they are there's no harsh chemicals, and they do work from the acne line to the age line all all of them. Uh, they're supplements also, aren't there?
6: Yeah, actually um one quick thing I want to say. They have a really great supplement line and protein line. And when we are in the womb, not even born yet, our bodies are alkaline. And the minute we come out, we are fed acidic foods, like acidic, like even milk is acidic to our body. And the protein and supplements help our bodies to come back to the alkaline where it used to be. But, see, cancer thrives in acidic conditions. So we really want to be feeding our things that help our alkaline because otherwise, All the acids, it's just going to help cancer thrive more and more. So that's one thing about that supplement and, like, the protein line that you have.
2: Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. There's just an extensive uh, line for really whatever your needs are. It's all health and wellness. It's a great company. Right. And so, what do you what do you see for your involvement here at the horse shows? Is will you continue making this accessible for everybody through the through the booth, or, or do people order online, or, or how can people oh, try yeah. these products?
6: Well, we're gonna be more way more accessible through it. Actually, we're finding people around the country who can actually take over, you know, the Hits Ocala and the Hits Thermal and the Hits, you know, the Arizona and the Desert Circuit. So that is going to happen. And as far as people who want to, you know, kind of view products now, they can simply go to the Arbonne website, www.arbonne.com, and they can order whenever they want. They do need to locate a consultant to order a product and they can simply search my name, which is Tara D., or they can just locate a random consultant, and they can just get hooked into their products right then and there. So it's really, really very easy to start using our bomb products.
2: That's nice. It's so it's so great that you're doing this because, uh, like, I mean, we keep saying it's kind of weird. The more I, I'm really racking my brain to think, are, do we ever get exposure at the horse shows to any sort of health, wellness-type companies like this, and uh, it's, I don't think so. I mean, it's mainly jewelry and tack and things like that. So right. uh, this, this is refreshing to see this and right. literally refreshing. I've been using the products and I love them.
6: <laughs> right. But you're so right, Emily. I mean, there really has been nothing that hits at all or the horse shows in general. So we were pretty excited to get our foot in the door.
0: Well, Tara, oh, yeah. i got to tell you, having been an acne kid growing up, an acne teen growing up, there's nothing worse than that. Uh, so no. I'm glad that there actually is something out there that uh that can help with this situation and Tara D, that's a movie star name did you come with that or is that uh something you made up along the way because <laughs> I you know. you should
6: It's very short and
4: sweet. I know it's just like like oh, a movie you, it's it great. a great name
0: that movie stars would pick. It's, people don't yeah. come with those names. Uh, <laughs>
2: Well, thanks to these
0: products, you look like a movie star, too. I was just on your Facebook page.
2: I was going to say, she's the whole package. She may be a movie star.
0: That's right.
2: (laughs) That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tara. We're going to stay in touch, and uh, you guys try them out. It's great products, great line, and uh, you just search Tara D. She can be your consultant.
6: All right. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Emily.
0: Thanks, Tara. Talk
6: to you soon, Tara. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.
0: Oh, there is nothing worse than that. When you're a teenager in high school oh. and have bad acne, uh, well, I can yes, I can't sure. imagine what she went through. I can't imagine what she went through.
2: I uh, didn't um, I didn't realize it never occurred to me that the, all those medications they are they make you so sun sensitive. So she didn't even have an, an option. She just had to just sort of turn down you know those treatments because you know I mean we're out here in the sun all day.
0: You know, and when I when I was growing up, the uh, acne treatments were all stuff that was not clear. So you know, it was uh, it was a whole different ballgame back then too. But so yeah, if this if this so actually hard. works, there are a lot of teenagers that'll be real happy. Oh about yeah,
2: that. totally. That's why I was like, man, we we need to make this available. People need to see this information. This is a really cool thing, and uh, and she she's tested it all in the hardest environment because she's a horse show girl she's out there showing and competing and in the sun and everything and this worked for her so it's it's a success story
0: you know it's one of those things too acne especially is one of those things that uh whether you're a boy or a girl or you know man or woman doesn't matter we all feel the same way about acne you all go through the same emotions about acne so uh, yeah that's one of those that a- uh bypasses gender you know
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it affects everything, and, uh, and not to mention it's when it's bad, um, the cystic acne like Tara had, I mean, it's so painful.
0: Right, exactly. Well, that's great. Let's, uh, let's head off to Templeton Thompson now with the song called The Long Run, and then we're coming back with much, much more on today's jumping edition of the Horses in the Morning Show here on the Horse Radio Network. We'll be right back after this song. Well, that was Templeton Thompson singing The Long Run. You can find all of Templeton Thompson's music at templetonthompson.com or head on over to iTunes and just search for Templeton Thompson. You're listening to Horses in the Morning. I am Glenn DeGeek here with Emily today, and Coach Jen is in the producer chair. And, of course, this is our special once-a-month jumping edition that we do, and you'll find us the first Tuesday of every month. If you missed any of the past episodes, that Emily has co- so graciously co-hosted. You can uh, head to horsesinthemorning.com and just search for Emily Thompson, and you'll find all of the past episodes. You can take a listen to those as well. Well, Emily, um, uh, what is going on with S Equestrian? Anything new?
2: Oh boy, we have had a big month. We, I think, when we talked last, I was sort of I had just launched the jacket. Uh, I think I'd like sent them out the day before or something so those are out there's a whole whirlwind that goes along with that we're actually back in production if you can believe it on jackets um, people loved them it was very cool great response um, so that's fun so that that's you know sort of long term plan uh, long term work uh, we've also had a lot of These custom orders have taken off, the IEA and IHSA teams. We've got quite a few orders came in from those college teams and school teams. Lots of fun. Love catching up with them during the season, during the school year. And then really the highlight, gosh, I guess this whole month it's been odd. Like I told you, I myself have not been showing much. I just show a few classes in the beginning of the week to prepare my mother's horse. Um, But our sponsored riders have just been kicking butt out there. At hits. out of three weeks, our riders, won almost all the welcomes and all the grand Prix. we had one day where i just got to brag on him a little bit we had one of our equestrian riders todd minicus was up in bromont at the world cup qualifier he won that and at the same time we had a grand prix going down here at hits the big class at uh, the 75,000. we had ronan mcguigan one of our other sponsored riders win that And then we had Kevin Babington up in Spruce Meadows won the big jumper derby up there. So it was like, I mean, we're just spoiled rotten. They're just winning everything. It's awesome.
0: So now they have new lucky shirts,
2: huh? It's sort of a funny thing, you know, because (laughs) riders are a bit superstitious. So when they do win, it's like, you know, they're and they're like, this is my lucky shirt. This is my lucky shirt. So we get that sort of like energy back from people about, oh, now this is my lucky shirt. Now this is, like we made Todd a new shirt with one of our custom programs. We actually made him a Purina shirt because he's also a Purina rider. And he was like, oh, this is my lucky shirt because he won the Grand Prix down here and then the World Cup qualifier in it. So there's a little bit of that I think works to our advantage that they get superstitious and they don't want to change.
0: Okay, Todd, we just want you to wash it in between classes. That's all. That's all we have. Okay.
2: Whatever, man. <laughs> we don't care. Just keep
0: winning. <laughs> all right, why don't we introduce so Annie?
2: <laughs> Yay, okay. We've got Annie Doddley here, one of my favorite people. We've done quite a bit of uh, work with her with the clothing line. She's been so helpful. She has a very long and impressive resume as a junior rider. Um she's an American rider born in the States. Uh parents are horse professionals. She has won her top placings at all the national junior finals and then grew up very successful as a a young professional and moved overseas, lived in Belgium. She is a wife and a mother also, married with two kids, back in the States, family farm. Uh, Annie, are you there? Yes, good morning. Thanks for having me on morning thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us you are so busy with all of these projects this huge business i'm I'm so happy you were able to pop on and and share with us thank you i think i i think um gosh there's a couple different just for people that don't know annie um annie well annie you you grew up here in the northeast you did the equitation mom and dad founded new england finals is that right my dad was on the original
5: committee that started it I, mid-70s, I think. I don't know the year exactly. Um, but they got that going, and uh, certainly this is the area for equitation. Um, it is. Which, yeah. We do a lot of you know, the hunters and jumpers also, but I think the New England area has a, a much more equitation-based training system for both the hunters and the jumpers than maybe other parts of the country
2: do. Yeah,
5: and you're so interesting. It's an ongoing we... joke that, sorry, yeah. it's an ongoing joke no, no, that tell if it's a letter of the alphabet, we've got a medal for it here in New England. <laughs> every level, <laughs> every so letter, funny. we've got it.
2: I know, and it is so not like that in other parts of the country. So that's why I find you so interesting because the equitation is, I mean, it's an industry. It was designed to groom tomorrow's jumper and Olympic-level riders. Um, it's... Got, it's rooted in that, and it is just taken on this huge meaning here in the Northeast. Um, and you grew up on that and trained finals winners as well, but your experience is very broad. You were overseas. Um, your husband does breeding. You've got uh, some impressive horses it looks like you bred. Is that right that, that you guys have a Tibri horse that jumped around Aachen. We do and actually she just won a Grand Prix
5: in Belgium, an international wow. Grand Prix with her new owner, so we're quite excited. Uh my gosh, so congratulations. That was fun did you bring... and, yeah. My husband did gosh. before we got married. Yeah.
2: Okay, so she so that was yeah. o- overseas. Um and he's very talented, overseas. so you guys the the horses, right?
5: Yes. She, well, she's owned by a girl from California. Had her in California, and then she went over to show in Europe for the summer. So she's back in Belgium, actually, even though she's now owned uh, in the States. Wow. My husband is dying to get our breeding program going at the new farm. That's his next main project.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so I've heard that, and I know he's so talented. I mean, he's got all this experience. He's like third-generation horseman, isn't he? Yes, yep. Wow, it's so cool. So that's sort of, that was my next question. So you're sort of embarking on now the breeding program. Trying to. That's a slow process. He has
5: more patience than I do. Um, <laughs> you know that that takes really starting with the right mares for that to be worthwhile. I think. Um, so we'll we'll work on that now. We have the space to do it. So now we've got to start with the right
2: mother line. Yeah. Um, congratulations. So- you guys have a farm now.
5: Thank you. Yeah, we're in Chepachet, Rhode Island, um, and it's growing faster than we even imagined, which is great. Um, so we've got plans in to build a new barn on our property, and it's keeping us busy. <laughs> I love
2: that. I love that. I, I love that you do all different aspects of um, the training, different levels, the horses, the breathing like that. You have IEA, is that right?
0: Oops, I had to we take do. Emily off there. I, I, hold on Oops. one second. I just had to take Emily off. She was uh, starting to fade out on us, so she'll give us a call back. Go ahead. You can answer the question. I'll jump in here while I couldn't really hear what answer. she said. Oh, yeah, I couldn't either, to be honest. <laughs> I really couldn't hear I think hear she it, said uh, something
5: about the IEA program. Um, yeah. We offer a whole wide variety from beginner lessons through the IEA, which is a a school-age base that's a middle school team and a high school team that doesn't require owning your own horse. So that's a good option for people getting into the horse world. And then we have uh, many students who show regionally and nationally, um, mainly in the equitation and then some hunters and jumpers to go along with it. Um, and then, you know, the international part that, that she was talking about with the breeding. So we try to cover a lot of bases um and and trying to do it in a in a horsemanship based way also you know my kids do a lot of their own braiding a lot of their own barn work um they all know how to wrap and this and take a temperature and all that stuff
2: um, that's impressive oh she's back. <laughs> that's impressive that's impressive for this crowd i want to say like that's you got to touch on that how are you getting all your kids to 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 want to work happily your kids are happy out there but they're bathing horses like i mean that is where it's at but you you are just i guess cultivating that that at the barn at home i guess
5: i think probably because my husband and i are very hands-on in the barn um i think that it starts from there and and they don't see another way really you know they're they're not expecting to have their horse Tacked up for them and brought to the ring. They're expecting to do it, and everyone else around them is doing it. And uh, I think that's where the real love and respect of the animal comes from. I don't think that happens by somebody else doing dirty work.
0: How how, yeah, how much it, is that? How much is that a problem now? Uh, you, you know, uh, you know, obviously, you know, when we were growing up too, Jennifer was Pony Club, and you know, you all did your own work. Uh, is that? becoming less and less a thing and more people just showing up for lessons for their hour and going home for that, uh, for that couple of days?
5: I think definitely. Yeah. I think definitely. A lot of people are, are missing what's really great about this sport. They know how to win blue ribbons, but they're missing the bond with the horse and the sense of responsibility that, that we used to get, you know, back in the day. I don't sound too old by saying it that way. Um, and I think that's really important. And, you know, kids like that are at the top of the sport, you look at Michael Hughes or Tori Colvin, those kids who now, you know, now, yes, their horses are brought to the ring because they're too busy to do it themselves, but they're all trainers' kids, and they all know how to be up late with a sick horse or pull off a twisted shoe
6: or, you know, stay on
5: one that's wild (laughs) and trying to buck them off. You know those kids are the top of their sport because they know how to how to deal with the hard parts and work hard and do the things that aren't just the the two minutes in the horse show ring. They're self-sufficient in the whole whole sport, not just being able to follow somebody else's plan.
2: So you've seen so many kids, you've had such a large program you yourself has shown have shown and been overseas. So that is your your sort of appreciation of the youth and the sport that the, the kids that have that drive, that have the work ethic, that are in the barn, whether it is because they have to or they want to, those are the kids that pick up the extra skill set that can be consistent and ride in the top of their class.
5: I think so, and I think those are the kids who, yes, the junior years are an important piece of their career, but that's not their entire career. I mean, you see so many of these kids, they finish the final event when they're 18 years old, and that's it. They never look back. You know,
1: that's
5: for the kids that really live this world, it, it's with them for life. It's not a, a junior career and that's it. Um, I think the kids that really spend spend their time with their horse, spend their time working at it, seeing improvement, getting a lot out of it, I think those are the kids who are in this for life, not the kids who are in it for just a few equitation finals and then on to something else.
2: Yeah, and you know, for those of us that are passionate about this as a sport and really do have a respect and a love for the horses, that's what we want. We don't we don't like to see the kids pop in, stay at the mounting block, ride for three years, and then leave. But that's not exactly. good for the sport that's not good for the horses or anybody so i love that you have made i mean it's a big business that you have at home and you have a culture of kids that want to work they think it's cool i mean it is cool i do it i, I think my it adults should be done. do too i love it i, my love it. That's awesome. <laughs> I need to work my on parents, that with my adults. yeah <laughs> my mom doesn't do it i do it first. <laughs> yeah you need to get your mom to work I know. i was going to bring that up. Mom, you're going to be winning classes if you bathe your own horse, okay?
5: <laughs> My parents just hosted a reunion from their um, Young Entry Stables which closed 21 years ago and they the most of the people that came were campers from their summer camp in the early 70s and Aww. some of them they hadn't seen in 40 years and it was so great to see these I mean, they're older than me, they're not kids, but (laughs) all the the former students come back and some of them are still involved in the horses and some of them aren't able to be because of, you know, life in the process, but certainly all look back on those times so fondly and great for them all to get together and for me to meet them as an adult, because I was pretty young when they were all around, so that was really fun. Oh, yeah.
2: That is so cool. There is that... that, energy about you guys because then there's New England finals and of all the finals, that is my favorite finals always. It's such a feel-good energy. It's very competitive but it feels good. It's fun. There's some fun classes, costume classes and then I love the Horsemanship Award. Not everybody does that.
5: No, that's for sure. That's a great thing. Um, My dad started that I'm not very good with dates but quite a while (laughs) ago now and that's supposed to be a huge thing. They take a written test Uh, that's hard. I did it a few years ago, and it was really hard. Um, And then the top 10-ish, depending on numbers, do a practicum phase with two judges in the stable area where they have to, uh, well, it depends on the year, but identify parts of the horse or equipment or put a bridle together, you know, hands-on actual working with the horse. And then the third part of their score is their riding score from the medal class on Sunday. So they have to be able to to think on paper. They have to be able to put that knowledge into practical application in the stable and they have to be able to ride. Um, Which is so, so it's, great. It's quite a good,
2: yeah, quite a it, good it event
5: and something certainly the kids are proud of getting a, a ribbon in that as well. But That's the be. thing.
2: It's it's that, that X factor of getting them to think it's cool and because some of this needs to be their initiative. They need to sign up for the horsemanship class or they need to to be okay, be you know, okay and and happy in a situation where they have to unbraid, braid, bathe, whatever the the work is that we all have to do. But it but it does you know a little bit. The students need to to be open to that and understand that it's not meaningless. It's not groom's work. You you are the groom. You need to take care of your horse, your athlete, your partner, and. It's it's to me it's crucial. Like you know that my husband and I do all our own work, which is so funny because we do all of our own barn work in white as equestrian shirts, which is like some sort of marketing <laughs> something or another. <laughs> Eric's like cleaning stalls, you know. I'm like, gosh, that shirt really looks white. So we're we're doing it, but I think I think more people need to. There needs to be a large cultural movement here in this country of people doing their own work and getting into the management.
5: I think that's where you're your real love of it comes from. Your real love of the sport comes from that side, not not a stack of blue ribbons on your shelf at home.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. And you guys have cultivated that. I love it. I didn't realize until I was kind of reading up on your website, um, tbreehorses.com, uh, that you also have an IEA team. You host uh, interscholastic riding.
5: We do. We just started that last year when we bought the new farm, um, and that's headed up by... Woman that works for us named Reagan Duffy. And I showed
3: against
2: her earlier. She, a oh, <laughs> she yeah. used to beat Small me work. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> she was like always. She had the best flat work position. She she used to just kick my butt when we were chasing points. She would always win the McClay. I couldn't get my last McClay because of her one year. In five years. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, so you got a good trainer. So she's there doing IEA. hmm I love it. We try to cover a lot of bases. Up, up where we are. That's so cool. It's 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 really, it's more people need to be like this, have a more sort of appreciation of the different aspects of the business and how they all go together. And like you guys really look at things, you keep saying these are lifetime relationships and, and not just the junior years. And that's how you operate. That's what how your barn is and that's the way that you guys operate and that's the reality of what we're doing here this is a sport it's got longevity the sport is changing there's new rules and new regulations changing every year i mean it's it's growing so to have people invested and be a part of it as a sport not just sort of their little three-year snippet or whatever the small involvement they want to have but really look at the whole show jumping as a sport and an industry it's, it's a great thing and that's going to more people thinking like that is going to allow us to grow Hopefully, hopefully, yep. Yep, no, for sure. Well, where do you guys go next? Where Will you come back up to Socrates, or where are you showing? We have a couple of our
5: regional medal finals. Uh, we've got the Connecticut medal coming up next week, and then the MHJ, which is a Massachusetts medal at Fieldstone Farm the weekend after, and then the Rhode Island medal finals, and then we'll be back in Socrates, So we're going oh, Yep. <laughs> Equitation uh, which, time. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And some of these regional ones have, you know, a, a mini medal version and then the junior version and an adult version. Um, so it's a good lead up for, for people aiming for New England finals. It's a good uh, kind of measuring stick of how, how ready we are. So oh, we will well, see you at awesome. Saugerties in a couple of weeks, hopefully with our order for our custom shirt. I'm
2: trying to put that Yay. together right now. <laughs> I know. I can't wait to get that for you guys. That's going to be awesome. So we'll, yeah, we'll definitely stay excited. in touch with that. Yeah, the, it's, I think it's going to look really cool, your logo. You've got a really cool logo. Thank you. Fun, fun. Awesome. Well, we will see you then for sure in Socrates, and then I will see you at New England Finals. Sounds great. Thanks so much for All having right. me on. Thanks so much, Annie. Talk to you soon. Talk to
6: Bye. Bye.
5: Bye-bye.
0: Well, that was a full day here on the jumping radio show. Thank you, Emily, for putting all that together.
2: Oh, no problem. I'm so glad we got all kinds of good info and uh just its, it's great to get this information out there. I love it
0: and uh, you can find emily what's uh what's the website for s
2: uh, s equestrian it's e c e equestrian dot com You can shop online or check us out on Facebook. Our website is actually undergoing construction it's up, but it's going to be all updated with new products and a new shopping cart in, in a couple of weeks. It's workable. But yeah, check us out at sequestrian.com.
0: And product in stock again, you had uh, sold out there for a while at the, at the beginning of summer.
2: We did, yeah. we're it, People are buying, keeping us busy. We had a few expansions, uh, picked up a Germany tax store, um, Mexico, and, and a couple others. So it's, yeah, it's keeping up with the demand. It's a full-time job. That's why I'm not riding so much.
0: <laughs> Very good. Ask question is where you can find it. And, uh, of course, if you want to listen to Emily's past episodes here doing the jumping segment, you can just head on over to horsesinthemorning.com. The easiest way to listen to our shows is to go to uh, your, go to your phone and go to the app store whether it's iOS or Android and search for Horse Radio Network It has all of our shows we have 10 different shows that we do and you can find them all on there and that's the simplest easiest way to listen to the shows a reminder that we will be back here tomorrow morning 9am Jamie will be here and of course uh, we do our Celebrity Trivia Challenge on Wednesday morning, so we'll look forward to that. We have a musical celebrity coming up on tomorrow's show, so that should be a lot of fun. And, of course, you know, we want you to get your, your emails to jennifer at horseradionetwork.com if you're interested in co-hosting the week that Jamie is gone there, the week of the 18th. Uh, we have two slots open on the 20th and 22nd. You'll be co-hosting with me the live morning show. No pressure. It's easy, isn't mm-hmm. it, Emily?
2: Oh, no, yeah, no problem. No problem. Yeah, no you, pressure. Yeah, you weren't nervous
0: at all Their first time, were you?
2: No, no, not at all. <laughs> no, it's, it definitely gets the blood pumping a little bit, but it's fun.
0: Yeah, You do great. You're just like a natural oh. at it. You were natural the first time you did it. You were just like out of the box, good. Oh, tone. my gosh.
2: It's the Wi-Fi issues. Honestly, I told you I had a yeah. few nightmares, so <laughs> barring that.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've, we've had trouble finding her good in- Internet connections at the horse shows. That's been the biggest problem. Uh, yep, yeah. but, uh, but other than it. that em- Emily, Emily does fine you know how I can tell a good co-host is if I only have to do the less work I have to do the better my co-host
2: Ooh, that's there my, you go that's
0: my, test. <laughs> that's
2: my test well I bet you love the so IHSA <laughs> when I pre-recorded all the interviews I bet that one was your favorite
0: yeah yeah you know that works too <laughs>
2: <laughs> so funny Thank no you. we have a blast I love doing it so I'm looking forward to talk to you next month
0: First Tuesday of every month, the jumping Yay. edition of Horses in the Morning. We'll see you everybody. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Take care.
6: All right,
2: talk to you soon. Bye.
0: Bye.